Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This episode is brought to you by MeBank, the bank built and supported by industry super funds. Ever wondered about getting a better deal on your home loan? Well, it might be time to get in touch with MeBank. Whatever your investment strategy, you'll find a loan that's right for you with competitive rates and flexible home loan options. So stop wondering and start saving. Call MeBank on 131 563 or visit mebank.com.au. Terms and conditions apply. Now here's the show. If I've got um, a portfolio going up at $200,000 a year, on average, you know, obviously you've got to wait and be safe to wait you know, seven to ten years for it to double. Then, if it's going up faster than, if I want to spend, I'm using hypothetical numbers here, if I want to spend a hundred thousand dollars a year, tax-free, um, I can draw from my line of credit the equity off that. This is Property Investry, where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset, and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shum and in this episode on Property Investry, we continue the conversation with Cam McClellan who will discuss the nuts and bolts of his strategy and why you should be greedy and expect both cash flow and capital growth to impact your portfolio. When McClellan first started investing into property, he was afraid of not making a move and missing out on a great opportunity. If I had to pinpoint it, this is actually um, my business partner's pinpointed this for me and brought it up. He said, if there's the one different thing about you and the majority of Australians out there is, and this is, the, I don't want to sound arrogant, but I've got no self-limiting beliefs. So, and when m- most people will need to analyze things and perhaps get analysis paralysis or they're fearful, I realized that my greatest fear was doing nothing at all. I knew that if I did nothing at all and just got a job and ticked along, that was probably the worst outcome I could come for. So even if I invested and made mistakes, I was still better off than doing nothing. And that gave me, a, I suppose, the need to want to learn about it because I didn't want to make mistakes. And I saw most property investors, the way they pick property is pretty much it's gambling, to be brutally honest. Um, I don't see any difference between the most way most people pick property as an investment and gambling. And the reason for that is, they don't have a way to pick the best investment every time. They'll go off whatever the papers papers say at that point in time. And sadly, I don't know any journalists that have a good property portfolio and can write credibly on it. Um, I wish there were. Um, the, and newspapers and um, all the publications, really, what are they after? They're after selling papers or selling publications, whatever the publication is. So they don't don't report, not talking about the industry um, publications, but um, just in general, um, journalists want to wow factor. So no one's going to say, look, the market is generally just bubbling along okay. It's either it's going through the roof and no one can ever afford property again, or the sky's falling out of our head and the market's going to bust and everyone's going to be destitute and broke. They're the only two th- things that sell paper. 
So I really wanted a way, rather than relying on um, information, I wanted a way that I could be comfortable. To achieve this, he developed a system which would allow him to be comfortable in whatever property purchases he made. Now, I was really good at creating process for business. But when it came to property, most people spend 40 hours a week working for someone else, making someone else money, but they spend no time at all with a process to select the right property to purchase. So I created a system I call MAP, which is market area property. So I analyze the property markets, finding which ones I want to knock out, then the growth areas that I don't want to invest in, and then finally I find the optimum size and quality property for that area. So basically I can find the best property every day of the week, um, regardless of the market cycle. When thinking about the mentors he learned from during his property investing journey, McClellan recalls being taught by a property developer named Steve Wilson. Steve Lewison's an old, old guy now, old grey hair guy that sits on the, the board of a couple of companies. Um, he was a, he'd probably been developing for about 30 years before I met him and then I became friends with his son um, and Alistair, his son, was buying a property out in Bayswater in the outer suburbs of Melbourne and um, I said to Steve, I'm pretty keen to understand property investing and Steve said, well, there's one two doors up the road. I think I paid $125,000 or $130,000 for the property or something like that at the time. Um, it went up about $40,000 in three months and I ended up chopping off the block in the backyard and putting a unit on the back of it. And Steve taught us how to, um, all, all the basics about investing in property. Um, also, what had sparked my interest in property was I watched an old video of Jan Summers um, where she explained the, the theory of you know, buying one property and using the equity to duplicate. So she you know, explained duplication really and compound growth. And that was sort of that light bulb moment for me. And until I saw it myself in my first property, I you know, could comprehend it but didn't see the power of it. I think Jan Summers back then, you know, had the big shoulder pads. So was, this was, we're talking in the you know, mid-80s, early 90s is when I first sort of got a taste of what investing could do. Um, but it wasn't until a little bit later until I started investing myself. And really just, um, you know, Steve had another, a circle of friends or property investors and developers. So uh, I just get dragged along to lunches and, you know, buy them lunches and ply them with beer and just drill them over a four or five hour session and, yeah, pick their brains and go out on site with them and yeah. He also considers his team to be instrumental in mentoring him towards success in his property investing ventures. Business mentors I've had, a um, number of different business mentors but um, primarily property. Um, I mean, I've got 70 people in my business which you know, range from you know, development managers, corporate accountants, civil engineers, architects. So I'm pretty fortunate that I've got um, probably some of the most astute property minds in Australia under one roof and I tell you what, it doesn't go a minute goes by where we're not tossing different ideas around and strategies and comparing it back to the core strategy of investment. So it's probably a good house that um, – a good place that you know, just nurtures you know, property enjoyment, you know, property knowledge. And the best advice he has ever received? Land appreciates and buildings depreciate. Although McClellan's portfolio has grown throughout his journey, he has found it to be better not to share the particulars of his success too widely and for good reason. I found early days, I bought my first property and I told my parents and a couple of friends, no one really shines on the fact that you're a property investor. I mean, most people go, well done, good on you, you're doing something. Um, most people will be negative about it. And the reason they're negative about it is two reasons. Either they're scared to do it themselves and you know, Australians don't like the tall poppy syndrome. Um, but really, most people, if you think of the amount of people in Australia who are successful investors, so I think there's about 15,000 thereabouts, according to the ATO, that have six or more properties, 
I worked it out and I think you'd have to pack out the MCG of 100,000 people and then there'd be around 63 people in the MCG which have six or more properties. So if you were going around talking to people in the MCG, you'd have to talk to every person in the MCG to find the 63. So that means everyone else besides those 63 people are going to be negative about it. He shares about the type of properties he chooses in order to help provide him financial freedom alongside the strategy he implements to achieve his goals. So I've got um, medium density residential property um, with good land content in the outer ring suburbs. It's primarily what I purchase. Equity growth is the only way you'll um, build wealth through property. Um, property wealth, real wealth comes from doubling your asset value every seven to ten years. I don't know anyone, any investor, and prove me wrong, that frustrates me people, these companies out there that sell based on buy negative gearing property to reduce your taxable income or buy cash flow positive property because that's the way to go. I mean, really, they're just promoting something to sell, to plug people property. Um, I prefer both. I'm greedy and you should, should prefer both. Um, you should get growth properties that over a short period of time, three to five years, become neutral and then cash flow positive. So... I've never heard of anyone. So the old, the grandfather of cash flow positive property, Steve McKnight, wrote a book a couple of decades, a decade or so ago. I think it was zero to 250 properties in three years or something. I can't remember the exact title. That was great back then. Um, Steve was an accountant um, buying two to $5,000 properties. He bought a couple of hundred properties, sold his portfolio. And don't quote me, I'm trying to think of a video that he did um, a few years back where he said, it's not possible in Australia to build a cash flow positive portfolio to supplement your income. And the reason for that is our, our, the capital required to do that in today's market is impossible to do that. But really, I've never heard of anyone, even if they do get a small amount more, if you get a couple of hundred dollars extra as Australians, um, we spend it. You know, what I mean? We're terrible savers. So, um, yeah. So, um, getting growth property, which will double in value, is really the only way to achieve wealth and financial freedom through property. This strategy has enabled him to earn a living without having to go into work, the freedom many property investors aspire to. Yeah, my wife's happy and I'll get to you know, go on all the school holidays with the kids and spend time with them while they're young, So, which is really my ultimate goal, um, was making sure I had enough equity growth to substantiate my um, any expenditure I wanted. Buying, buying growth properties, for example, if I've got um, a portfolio going up at $200,000 a year, on average, you know, obviously you've got to wait and be safe to wait you know, seven to ten years for it to double. Then, if it's going up faster than if I want to spend, I'm using hypothetical numbers here, if I want to spend $100,000 a year tax free, um, I can draw from my line of credit the equity off that. If my portfolio is going up at 200 a year and I'm drawing out 100, well, my portfolio is by growing 100 a year, but I don't have to you know, go to work for a living. Mm hmm. And at the same time, the rent and everything is still covering the cash flow to sustain the portfolio. Yeah, correct. correct. And, and that's why I like um, capital city properties, which go in value because rents obviously follow the growth of property. Um, and once the yield goes up, and, and I've, I've bought lots of established houses over the years, many, many established houses in the early days. Um, the last decade, I've only purchased new properties because I like that depreciation in the first three to five years because it really helps with reducing the holding cost of the property until the point and I, I put rents up every single time on I'll, I'll never you know whether it's five dollars or twenty dollars you need to customize your tenants to rents going up but putting your rent up every time and around three to five years the the, the property is neutral so it's holding it uh, currently you know, offsetting itself and holding its own value and then after that you're still getting the growth 
but you're getting cash flow positive as well. So people should be greedy and they should expect both. So don't buy a property on one or the other. Coming up after the break, we'll continue talking to McClellan about what he attributes his success to. So Alistair and myself are business partners. We've been investing since we were kids. Um, we invest together individually, but we don't challenge each other. What is excited about for the future? It's becoming more and more difficult for a younger generation to get into property. Um, so one of the ways that people could invest in property without having to purchase, they can't purchase a property themselves. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. This episode is brought to you by MeBank, a different kind of bank built and supported by industry super funds. You could be getting a better deal on your home loan by getting in touch with MeBank. They offer competitive rates and two loan types, one with a range of features including the ability to fix your rate and have multiple offset accounts and another that's nice and simple with no ongoing fees. Both loans provide the flexibility of interest only or principal and interest. So, whatever your investment strategy, you'll find a home loan that's right for you. Stop wondering and start saving by giving MeBank a call on 131563 or visit mebank.com.au. Terms and conditions apply. Now back to the show. Hey podcast listeners, are you enjoying listening to these stories and want more? Then head over to propertyinvestory.com and subscribe to receive your free property case studies that I only send exclusively via email. Just one of the many benefits of being part of this community. These real case studies are from experienced property investors where they share specific numbers of their portfolio, their strategies and much more. Simply visit propertyinvestory.com to get your free case studies. Now back to the show. Growing as a person alongside another who is on the same page has proved to motivate McClellan and add to his individual success. It's probably good when Alistair and I are probably having someone to play kick to kick with, I suppose is the best way to put it. So Alistair and myself are business partners. We've been investing since we were kids. Um, we invest together individually. But we don't challenge each other. But we're also, if, if one of us slows down or you know has a bit of time off the other we, we just um challenge ourselves i suppose with new ideas and um you know there's another deal coming up do you want to go into this one or you know time to buy another property and you know so i think having someone to go along the ride with is important um it's a lot easier to build wealth next to someone and you could also go on the life journeys um it's good that Alistair's built wealth as well and we can go on holidays with our families together and you know, he can afford the things that I can so um, you know, the friendship remains strong. He also shares some of the books he has read which he recommends to listeners. I love reading um, business books more than property books. So I just finished reading Elon Musk's book which is um, I think a cracker book. So, but um, a lot of the old Branson books... Um, I like uh, my Jack Welsh books, you know, straight from the gut, things like that. You know, all the rise and fall of Alan Bond and the rise and rise of Kerry Packer. Yeah, so I'm more, I read me more business books than I do property. I suppose um, I've got enough, don't sound arrogant, I've got enough knowledge on property that um, I don't generally find that I get much out of the, the, the property books uh, anymore. So I just more enjoy the business stories. He prefers these books as a method of motivation. I think it's just um, knowing, yeah, watching people go through different challenges and how they approached it. Um, I read a lot of musical autobiographies and those sort of things as well. So, um, 
Uh, I think, um, I mean, the business books initially um, helped motivate me. And usually I'll read them if I go on three or four weeks holiday with my wife and this is before kids. But, um, you know, you get enough time by the pool, I'd start to go stir crazy and I'd need some business influence. So I'd start reading business books and, you know, next thing I'd be all hyped up and sending emails back to work. But um, I think I just like staying in touch with business and saying I'm not involved in my business as much day to day than uh, that keeps me amused. But, yeah, once again, I've probably backed off reading a lot about business and property over the last yeah, yeah fair, fair number of years now. In structuring his week according to the task he aims to accomplish, McClellan wanted to organize his business in a way that would enable him to take time away from it. So, how did he achieve this? Probably came back to the point where and through our telco business, the first medium-sized business that I automated you know, with a general manager and office manager and all the associated team managers was really by looking at um, how I could set the business up if I wanted to take a year off. So I looked at every task that I was doing and automated it. So every process within the business, I think that's why I'm good at property investing because I'm very process orientated. So within the business, setting up standard operating procedures so that um, different teams had looped reporting. The reporting was um, reliant on other teams' information. So that each cog in the team was really reliant on the performance of the next team. And then there was um, just board reporting, which rolled down to individual um, team performance and individual performance with performance activity calendars. So everyone knows what they're accountable for, can go home satisfied at the end of the day, knowing they've completed what they need to. And really, once that was in place, then I could sit anywhere in Australia and look at my phone and know how the business was going. Um, and really, employing people and paying them a bucket load more than anyone else would pay them um, so that they really take ownership of the business and enjoy it and, uh, the, you know, a solid within the business. So I think it hasn't been easy and it's not um, not a task that's, you know, um, foolproof. There's always you know, something going on, but I'm going to be involved in business till I you know, get very, very old. Otherwise, I'll go crazy. <laughs> I love what you said about automation and also hiring the best people you can because obviously it allows you to, to be able to scale it up a lot more and also take that um, strategic approach which you've done very, very successfully. I, I expect my um, team members to you know, walk over hot coals and follow me into hell if, if need to. Um, I expect them to work harder than anyone else ever when required but I want them to enjoy themselves and be satisfied in the role they do but I'll pay them extremely well to do it. So, if he could meet himself as he was 10 years ago, what would he say to himself? 10 years ago, I'd probably just, uh, I'd probably just sold my first um, major business at that point in time. So, I think 10 years ago, I think I, my lawyer said the money's in the bank and I walked across the travel agent and booked the next flight to Fiji for um, a few weeks with my family at that time. But um, 10 years ago, um, I think that was a good learning curve. My, my first um, business, which is the telco business, which probably took me a decade, I suppose, as an apprentice, really learning about business. Um, when we really turned up OpenCorp as an operating entity, I probably achieved the same in about um, 18 months or 24 months as far as automating that business and getting it to the same maturity, although um, the talent within the business was a lot greater. You know, it was a, a different scope of people we were employing. Um, so I think, um, I don't know what you'd tell yourself, you shouldn't look back, you should always look forward. It's interesting because I think when you look back at what you've achieved and the successes that you've had, it's amazing that you're able to move much faster. You know, as you said, it's taking you 10 years to build a telco and then it took you only 18 months to build OpenCorp. 
Yeah, it's a compounding effect of everything, isn't it? It's compounding. Yeah, your wealth compounds faster, your knowledge compounds faster, your ability to execute. Today, McClellan is really excited about creating another pathway for Australians to invest in property if they are not able to purchase property themselves. We've um, rolled out a property management division across two different states. We just started mortgage broking and business-wise, I'm talking. Um, our developments are ticking along well and we're looking at um, starting a, a large-scale residential fund. So there's a lot of commercial property trusts in Australia and I think I mentioned to you before, sadly, I believe it's going to become very difficult for people to get into the property market in Australia with the way prices are going. It's becoming more and more difficult for a younger generation to get into property. Um, so one of the way that people could invest in property without having to pay, so they can't purchase a property themselves. So we're um, in the, the uh, early throes of rolling out, um, so we're going to straight financial services licence, rolling out a, a, a fund which holds residential property across the capital cities, which will allow people to invest and trade shares within of property and invest in Australian property and get the growth and rental yields without having to hold a whole property themselves. So, yeah, it's going to be uh, something new for the market. Even if you're thinking that you've got a small amount of money and you want to continue to save for a deposit, well, you could invest in the fund itself and get the same growth that you could owning a whole property. Um, and then if you want to go and buy your own home, you take the money out of it. So we're looking at making sure that the shares are able to be liquid so they're tradable um, and then listed effectively. But we're looking at um, a number of different um, so we'll be holding um, outer ring medium density property with good growth but good yield, um, some more very low yield um, blue chip property and also doing developments in that. So we're getting development profit in the fund as well. So um, investors in that overall will get um, the benefits of all property classes effectively. And do you think this, this type of fund will actually outperform, say, for example, the average S&P? Yeah, because of the development fund and it's across Australia. Um, over the long term, very much so. Um, while there's no past performance to indicate future performance, um, if I you know, um, use a um, required term, you can't promise anyone anything, but the product disclosure statement will give an idea of the investment and investors can make their own informed decisions. Um, but the idea is that we will be able to outperform, um, but um, there's no guarantees. If you want to connect with McClellan and learn more from him, you can do so through visiting his website at opencorp.com.au, which is O-P-E-N-C-O-R-P.com.au. Uh, otherwise, shoot us an email. Um, it does take me a long time to get back to people just because my wife limits my um, computer and iPhone use. Make sure to also check out his great book. I think most bookshops have got it. Um, off the website, you can buy it. Um, Newslink at the airports has got it. So, yeah, um, yeah, my four-year-old, the property investor, Google it. You'll be able to get a copy through any of the major online or you know, local retailers. Thank you to Cam McClellan, our guest on this episode of Property Investry. If you want to hear more about his journey, then visit our website at propertyinvestry.com. Simply type in the search bar Cam McClellan and select that episode to learn more about his story. Also, if you haven't subscribed to receive your free property case studies that I only send exclusively via email, you can text me your email address to 0499881040 to subscribe. These real case studies are from experienced property investors where they share specific numbers of their portfolio, the strategies and much more. Simply text me your email address to 
1040 to get your free case studies. Thanks for listening. If you love the show and you're ready to get serious about saving on your home loan, give MeBank a call. MeBank is the bank built by industry super funds, famous for their competitive rates and flexible home loan options. So, whatever your investment strategy, you'll find the loan that's right for you. Call MeBank on 131-563 or visit mebank.com.au. Terms and conditions apply. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.